At Combank Health, we understand that health professionals set up a practice to look after patients, not take care of practice admin. That's why our new Smart Health system lets you streamline your payments by handling rebates and reporting, giving you more time for your patients, yourself and the ones you love. Search Combank Smart Health to find out more. Applications subject to conditions, fees, charges and lending criteria. Commonwealth Bank of Australia, ABN 48123124 and Australian Credit Licence 234945. Hey, welcome to the Medicubes podcast, where we bring you all that's good, exciting and sometimes challenging in primary health care. I'm Chris Spee, joined by my good friends Kim Pointer and Rivka Hagen. Together we bring a wealth of experience and passion, as well as being in the thick of what's going on in our industry. We used to have a laugh, debrief and chat about all the big issues and what was happening in our own professional worlds and invite you to join us in this conversation. So join us and our invited guests every month to bring you a lighthearted take on the latest, greatest and controversial issues and a few pearls of wisdom along the way. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which we meet and pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. A hearty welcome from Viripai country. And uh, Rivka Hagen here. I'm meeting you from Jajawurun country. And a big hello from Turbul and Jagara country. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Medicube podcast. How are you guys today? Still pretty chilly down here in Victoria. What about you, Chris? And what about you, Kim? Yeah, I've got whales outside my window, so I'm pretty happy in Berapai country. Oh, I can't compete with whales outside the window. I'm in an office. So everyone, if Kim sounds distracted today, just bring the attention back to the podcast. <laughs> focus, focus. Look at my, look at my. We're doing a podcast. <laughs> hey, we're doing something a bit sporty today. So I thought let's start off with what is your most embarrassing slash worst sporting injury? Rivka, going to drop you in first. What is your most embarrassing sporting injury? Well, look, look, most embarrassing is probably simply falling over whilst I was walking. That hardly counts as sport, but that was truly embarrassing. I did dodgy up my leg in that quite severely. That's, look, that's, I guess, all okay. But the most interesting one that is related to the topic at hand today is actually a snowfield injury that I had when I was a child. And for any skiers out there, I got my uh, ski pole stuck around a pommer. And this was in Europe. And the pole ended up dragging me around the end bit over a whole Ooh. stack of wood and crates. And I was completely black and blue on one side of my body. I think I was about nine years old. So that's probably the most impressive injury. But yeah, embarrassing, just falling over. <laughs> and what about you, Kim? Well, I have the big girl gang that we go running all the time with our head torches on down in Torquay. And one morning we were running across the boardwalk at the Torquay River near the Surf Life Saving Club and one of the girls told me she was pregnant. And with that, I turned around and completely fell into the river. <laughs> it started in the middle of winter at 5am in the morning. Ooh. I think everyone in Torquay could hear me screaming and, and carrying on. But probably my worst injury is I love breaking arms and my horse riding days are setting jumps up in the Anglesey paddock had me actually landing in hospital. I can remember going over a jump and the horse flipped over and landed on my arm and my elbow and my wrist. And as a consequence, I've got this nice little kind of strange little bone growth in my arm despite having surgery. And I remember tying my horse up and then ending up in hospital post-surgery. So that's all Ooh. I remember. 
Oh, geez, not sounding good. Well, mine is a little bit less intense. Uh, a few years ago, I did the uh, Oxfam 100K trail walk. Somewhere between three and four in the morning, there's a thunderstorm going up the back of Mount Kutha. Had to make a little pit stop, but did not allow for the trail being a switchback trail. So going to the toilet and suddenly 10 headlamps <laughs> appear on me going to the toilet in the rain during the thunderstorm and me being terribly shy, quickly tries to finish up and in the fact slips down the hill to the waiting group of people with the headlamps on. So um, embarrassing, traumatic, you name it, that story did it for me. Definitely not that fun. But Riv, what are we talking about today? Take it away. Well, today we are absolutely delighted to introduce our special cold climate guests, GP Dr. Laura Zagorski and Practice Manager Pat Ryder to our show. Laura and Pat work in the Alpine Snowfields in East Victoria, the Mount Beauty and Falls Creek Medical Centres. We are just so interested to speak with these experts as they provide an amazing insight into specialist GP services in a rural and alpine setting. And all clinics can really learn from their approach to healthcare service delivery. So we're going to be very keen to have a good old yarn with them. Dr. Laurie Zagorski has worked in this region for 11 years after graduating from the University of Western Australia in Perth in 2007, and she achieved her RACGP fellowship in 2013. She's completed various postgraduate studies and is particularly passionate about rural general practice, including women's health, mental health, lifestyle medicine, and sports injuries. Funny we were talking about that. <laughs> her time working at the Falls Creek Medical Centre allows her to combine her interest in managing snow sport trauma with her love of downhill skiing, and in that I certainly share your passion too, Laura. Pat Ryder commenced work at the Mount Beauty Medical Centre in 1986, just a few sleeps ago, and I do feel like we've known each other, Pat, for a very long time indeed. Pat obtained her Certificate of Health Economics from Monash University in 1998, and that was followed on by a Diploma of Practice Management. She gained Fellowship of the Australian Association of Practice Managers, AAPM, in 2014. In addition to guiding both clinics through many rounds of RACGP standards for general practice accreditation, she also oversees accreditation with the HDAA as radiology service providers. So a very hearty welcome to you both and thank you for sharing some of your insights with us. Pat, can you give us a bit of an overview of the medical centres in Mount Beauty and Falls Creek? Paint us a picture of where they're located and the kinds of services that you're providing. Yes, well, Mount Beauty Medical Centre is situated in the beautiful Kiwa Valley. It's a rural practice and services the areas of Falls Creek, Mount Beauty, Tronga South, all the way through to Albury-Wenonga, which is our closest referral business. So at the moment, we have 10 GPs working in the practice, lots of part-time GPs, lots of young families, providing a, lots of different services from GP services through to radiology, VMO status at the hospital, the aged care facility. Um, and Falls Creek is open three months of the year, so the winter season from June through to the end of September. And the doctors from Mount Beauty alternate working their shifts up there actually live on site. So there's a couple of flats that are attached to the medical centre. So if you're up there for a block of time, then you actually live in the village as well as work in the practice. So two very different practices, but a lot of 
joint things with staff and ordering and the things that they do in both practices are very similar, but Falls Creek is more for emergency and trauma. Lovely. Great. What a lovely overview. And Laura, welcome to you also. Can you give us a bit of an overview of what a typical day in the snow season, what does that look like? What do you experience as a GP in that kind of a setting? Well, I guess it's important to mention that we usually start with some sort of a ski, whether that's a cross-country ski early in the morning to go out and look at the sunrise or going for a few laps on the downhill runs. We open the clinic at 10 o'clock and the ski field's open at 8.30, so we make sure we have a little bit of time for a ski. I think there's some very jealous GPs uh, out. Um uh, don't think there'll be a recruitment problem on that one. That sounds like an amazing way to start the yeah, day. Yeah, certainly is pretty good because you can usually spend the rest of the day inside working pretty hard. So once the patients start coming in, so the ski patrol bring the injured patients in from the slopes and that can be any sort of ski-related injury or snowboarding is a common source of injuries for us as well. So we see patients with broken wrists, twisted knees, dislocated shoulders, lots of people thinking that they can start to go off jumps so hitting their heads or injuring their backs, that sort of stuff. And there can be multiple patients like that at a time building up in the clinic waiting for us to be able to see them. But we, it's important that it's GPs running this medical centre. You know, we've had interest over the years from emergency doctors or surgeons and the likes, but there's a lot of general practice stuff that we do in the clinic as well. So we see staff members with their usual general practice complaints, coughs and colds and various other chronic diseases and all sorts of things. So it's a real mix of types of patients and types of problems. And uh, look, I guess it would be remiss of us to not ask what the COVID impact has been over the last couple of years, both on the mountain, as well as the direct impact and variation from the usual type of medicine that you attend to in the snowfields. What's been your experience there? Well, 2020 was a nothing season for many reasons. The lockdowns in Victoria caused the mountain to not be open and that was also a terrible snow season. So it didn't really matter that there was no lifts running because no one could go skiing anyway. We did plan for a season though. So we had to make lots of changes to the clinic, building walls in between where we previously just had curtains. And we've had to make lots of changes to policies and procedures about seeing patients with respiratory symptoms, acquiring access to a separate room in a separate building that we have to see people. So we have to do phone consultations and then see the patients in person. So this year, particularly, we've felt the effects of that. It takes a lot more time and costs the patients more money to cover PPE costs and medications and all that sort of thing. So yeah, it's definitely had a huge impact on both the physical clinic and our day-to-day practice. And talking about those rooms and all those different things you had to do, I'm imagining there's some pretty specialist equipment that you guys have up there. Tell me about that because, uh, you know, I run a general practice up here in Brizzy and we've got a bit of equipment, but I don't think anything too specialist. What have you guys got? Well, we've got a little resuscitation cubicle. And so in there we've got actually an anaesthetic machine because we've got a GP anaesthetist who knows how to use that sort of equipment. We've got all the resuscitation gear you could possibly need, intubating equipment, chest tube equipment, all the kind of emergency yeah. procedure equipment. We've also got our own x-ray machine, which we purchase and maintain and qualified and able to take our own x-rays and the developing equipment for that, which is really cool because we can diagnose the patients with their injury on the heel and complete their management all in one oh, place. Wow. So You got it all covered. It's pretty good. So just on that note, I'm really curious to know what specialist training do GPs and staff require as a consequence of having all that you know, specialty equipment up there? 
One of the things that a lot of our staff have been through is the Alpine Skills training through the GP training providers. So there's a special module that the registrars can go through, which is training in all these specific procedures. It's quite specific and unique to the snow environment, the stuff that we do. So the Alpine Skills training, and then you also have to do a radiology training course to receive the remote area exemption license. So we have to do coursing how to take x-rays and radiation safety. But most of the learning is on the job. So there's always two GPs in the clinic. Always one of them is a senior experienced GP and often they're teaching or training the junior people. Do you have nurses up there as well, Laura? No. The other people we have helping the doctors is a medical intern through the Murray to Mountain program. So that interns there from the start of winter to the end of winter, and they're a qualified doctor, but still under supervision. We also have a full-time medical student that spends time in Mount Beauty and at Falls Creek. So it's a fantastic learning experience for both of those. And by the end of the season, they are really helpful and supportive of the doctors and can do a lot of things under supervision that nurses probably would be able to do. So it sounds to me like a lot of integration of the kinds of support services that many practices provide in their normal sort of busy general practices, but you do that on top of quite a bespoke service. So it's really multifactorial and multi-layered for you, isn't it? Definitely. Lots of different hats on throughout Mm -hmm. the day. Okay. Pat, can I ask you to draw some parallels and differences between the practice management of as a more traditional GP practice, so what you might find, I guess, down the bottom at Mount Beauty, compared to how you need to be managing a clinic with that bespoke service up in the snowfields? What are some of the key similarities and differences that you see there? Well, funnily enough, they are very similar because, as Laura said before, there's a lot of general practice still happening on the mountain. So the rostering is similar. The doctors are rostered at Mount Beauty or at Falls Creek. They're having time. The days that they have off at Falls Creek, they're replaced by a Mount Beauty doctor. The medical student, the intern, spends time both at both practices. The staff, the reception staff, spend time at both Mount Beauty and Falls Creek. And I think that's the way we keep it so well organised because both practices are aware of how each practice runs and can help each other out and support where needed. I suppose the biggest difference is that the doctors are living on site at Falls Creek. So while it's great, and as Laura said, they get to go skiing and whatever, they don't actually get away from the practice either. So they're always there available and they have to provide 24-7 on-call service. So with two doctors living up there, they're on call every second night, which is quite a big ask for any doctor. I think we've got the community pretty well trained up there and we only hear from people when they really do need to be seen. And down here, we're the same. We provide 24-7 on-call and the doctors rotate around that roster. So a lot of similarities when it's not the ski season, the x-ray machine stays in Mount Beauty. So we have the facility on site in Mount Beauty to do those procedures as well, but very similar in both practices. 
Hey, listen, so I really do need to ask too with the sort of the wanting to on-call overnighters, uh, having spent a fair few boozy evenings up on the slopes, I would imagine there is still that propensity for some fairly serious accidents in terms of slippery roads and, you know, all other sort of misadventures. How often would you get called out as a, a doctor when you're up, up in the snow season? What does that look like? Sometimes the day doesn't finish until 7pm. So the on-call might start at five or six o'clock, but you're just carrying through with the day's accidents or whatever. And it's surprisingly infrequent, actually, how often something happens at night that we need to attend, maybe once a week or a couple of times a week, perhaps. But that might be a sick kid or uh, someone who's slipped over and hurt their wrist or something like that. There are ambulance officers, paramedics on the mountain as well. And so they're often the first port of call for people, which is nice for us to not have to answer those calls. We also had a wonderful experience a few years ago where a lady went into labour in the middle of the night and it was snowing. They couldn't get off the mountain. There was a senior doctor and a fairly young doctor on site and they knew this woman was coming in with pains and couldn't get her off the mountain. So the young doctor said to me, I didn't know whether to answer the door or hide under the bed because they knew what was coming. But they delivered this beautiful little baby and it's the first baby that's ever been born in Falls Creek. So that's something he'll remember for a long time. What a great story that is. I'm really interested to hear too, and having visited your clinic up at Falls Creek not that long ago, uh, I was absolutely struck by the clarity and the disclosure of the sorts of fees that are associated with Alpine Health. So, you know, you are rural, you are remote, you are up the mountain, and certainly there is no concern around asking for reasonable fees for quite a bespoke service that you are providing. And Now that we are talking more broadly around the cessation of bulk billing, I'm really curious to hear from you both in terms of, you know, how you set your fees and what's the response from, you know, from your patients in terms of asking for payment? Well, we couldn't provide that service up there without private billing. There is no doubt about that. The service that we provide costs a lot of money. The X-ray machine itself, just for the three months, to maintain that is $10,000. So we're looking at a lot of money just to set up the practice for the season. We look at the fees and try and work out a balance of what it actually, what the cost is for opening the doors each day and make sure we cover that, plus extras to do all the, you know, the fixing up of the building at the end of the season, keeping the doctor's well paid because they're doing a job that's sort of a little bit out there and it's a little bit risky. And as I said before, they're on call every second night. So they deserve to be paid a reasonable price for the service they provide. Similarly, Mount Beauty, we could not offer this service here without private billing. The closest practice to us is over the mountain in Bright. So people would need to travel 30, 40 minutes to get there. Similarly, the largest public emergency service is in Albury-Wodonga, and that's a good hour's drive away. So if you're at Falls Creek and you need to see a doctor, you can drive the hour and 40 minutes to a public service or where you can come in and pay the cost of seeing a doctor in Falls Creek. We don't have a lot of complaints about the cost of the service. 
People do get a bit niggly and we do have to chase a few people up at the end of the season, but I'm forever telling the doctors that they deserve to be paid properly. They've done a lot of work to get where they are and they provide a great service and they should value the service that they provide and the cost of that is part of that whole process. That's amazing. That's a fabulous philosophy that I'm sure will resonate with a lot of people at the moment around the country as they're looking at their business model. I think I touched on this a little bit earlier, but I'd just love to know, how are you attracting staff to, to work in your locations? I've had a look on your website and there's a little link there, but I'd love to know from you guys, how are you attracting staff and how's it working for you? Well, I think the registrar program helps. Doctors come to the town to do their one or two years registrar training. And we generally get people that are really rural-minded. They want to come to the rural area. They want to be rural GP. And generally, if they come here, they stay for five, six years, or like Laura, 10, (laughs) 11 years. And I think the incentive is that if you come to Mount Beauty to work, you don't automatically get to work at Falls Creek. So you need to put in some time in Mount Beauty first, and then you get the opportunity the following year. So that keeps people around for a couple of years. But at the moment, I think out of our 10 doctors, there's probably six that have come here as registrars and have stayed long-term. So again, I think it's the lifestyle work balance that you can have here. And I think that works really well with attracting GPs. Some of it also is word of mouth. So if you, you know, you've got a young GP in the, working in the town and they still have to do a lot of training and things outside of the practice. So sometimes we get referrals from people that they know. So can I come and work in the practice, even if it's for a couple of months locally? We're always open for for extra people to come in and, and help out. Fantastic. It sounds like you've got your retention really high in terms of, you know, Laurie, you've been there for a long time now. I'm just curious to know what's been the best or most challenging aspect of this work for you? The best aspect would be the variety of what I get to do. It's sitting in an office, GP work, it's on-call hospital work, it's healthy mums and babies, it's chronic disease management. And then to have every year the winter to look forward to go and do something totally different, all of the ski injuries, and to develop those skills and to get good at an area of medicine that's not standard for other people with my qualification makes you feel pretty excited about what you get to do. And I guess... The most challenging aspect is probably the same thing, the fact that you never know what's going to walk through the door and when you're on call, it could be a dire emergency, so you have to kind of always be on the ball or keep your skills up. And that can be tiring and stressful, but generally it's really rewarding. Yeah, it must be if you've been there for the length of time that you have, you know, and no doubt you've been imparting all that good skill and knowledge to the GP registrars that you've had on board down the mountain, so to speak. Yeah, there's lots of teaching that goes on and we take pride in being able to pass on the, the special skills that we have to everyone that comes through, all the students and interns and registrars. It's nice to know that if they do leave us, they leave with some extra skills that they might not have got elsewhere. So I guess, you know, some of the lessons in the broad discussion that we've just had is around perhaps how other practices can find their uniqueness within uh, sort of a a sea of a little bit of sameness, I guess, what we can find uh, in more traditional general practice too. So that notion of finding the differences and what is going to 
be most meaningful to the workforce that you're trying to attract into your service to. Laura and Pat, it's been just an absolute delight to have you as part of the show. We wish you all the very best for the remainder of the ski season in Victoria for this year. And we hope that we'll get a chance to chat with you again at some stage down the track. Thanks very much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Lovely chat to you both. Thanks for listening to the Medicubes podcast. Make sure you subscribe via your favourite podcast listening app so you don't miss an episode. Medicubes is brought to you by Cubico, MediCoach and Medical Business Services with technical support from the awesome crew at Talking Health Tech. This podcast presents information of a general nature and we recommend that you obtain professional advice for your individual circumstances always. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions and suggestions for future topics on the show. Make sure you visit us via the Minicubes website, which you can access via the show notes of this episode. Also, if you're enjoying the show, write us a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share it with someone who might get some value from it so we can continue to share these important messages with more people. Speak to you next time.